0: Keach Rainwater. I'm your designated drummer on the Designated Drummer podcast here. And I have a very special guest with me today. I'm at the band cave here, uh, which so you might hear a train go by or some traffic out there as usual. It's pretty noisy in here, but this is where I do it. And this is, this is the fun place. So uh, I've got here a gentleman named Steve-O Morrison. And Hello. <laughs> now I'm not going to spoil it yet, but you tell me what you do and who you, who you do that job for. Okay. Um, I am the, currently I am the drum
1: tech for Motley Crue and Tommy Lee. Yes, Motley Crue! <laughs> oh my God, this
0: is so cool. Uh, so, okay, so um, you're out on tour. Now you're here in Nashville. Y'all, you guys are rehearsing yes. uh, or something, right? Yeah, for we're a doing of all of our
1: pre-production. We've been here about three and a half weeks now. we got another week and a half to go. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved to another location up in Pennsylvania to rehearse the full production with all the whatever's i can't speak about but the production <laughs> okay. and uh then we go down and start the the tour in atlanta and when, when does the tour start the first date i believe is june 16th at truest park oh wow cool. oh, where, i think that's where the braves play
0: and that's in atlanta that's in oh in atlanta yep, okay so it starts start. off in atlanta mm-hmm. and just moves all across the world
1: right yeah well right now it's just the just the united states okay. we haven't heard anything else but
0: You know, we're all hoping that something transpires. That's cool, man. I mean, that's got to be just amazing, just the the amount of fans and the passionate fans that love Motley Crue and that will just, like, they'll quit their job to come to go see the show. You know, it's just their...
1: It's definitely something. Like, I I was Tommy's tech um, from 2004 to 2007 when he returned to the band and they did the Carnival of Sins tour. Uh, And then um, I left to go do a TV show called The Voice, which we'll get into later. And then... um, then I came back to Tommy in 2016, and we finally are getting around to doing some
0: some Motley Crew stuff. So. That is awesome.
1: Finally. So you have been
0: Tommy Lee's drum tech in and out of Motley Crew, right? Because I know he yes. has a solo deal. for He does his own thing for a while.
1: Yeah. Um, anything he plays from 2016 on, anything that he had played drums on in his studio, for the most part, I was in there Um taking care of it tuning and whatever like when we did the dirt soundtrack i was there for the dirt soundtrack so that was really exciting and wow um we did a, a song for tyler yahweh and post malone called tommy lee and we tracked drums on that for the remix and that was a lot of fun Then there was just a bunch of stuff so it was it was very cool so when he needs something
0: set up he just calls you and pretty much says, yeah tells, and I gives just, you the date and yeah what just he wants to do the and just jump in the car it's just a <laughs>
1: six hour commute from my house to his and oh
0: my gosh yeah no. and i get it done so that's cool where, where do you where are you based out of now I'm
1: based out of uh, Phoenix and down and right in Phoenix in the Ahwatukee Foothills. Cool. So. We were just there. We were just yeah. in Phoenix. It's a beautiful we just did spot, a man. A <laughs> couple of gigs in Phoenix oh, and, cool. uh,
0: and Tucson. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, boy, what a drive. Drive out there, do the two shows, and then drive back. That oh, was a long freaking drive. Yeah, that's brutal. I think the only stop we made was in Odessa, Texas, I believe. Wow. <laughs> I mean, well, the only stop I remember. I'll say that. <laughs> of course. I was probably asleep during some of it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so let's just get into it. So um, you. Uh, like let's say from high school you were in high school Mm -hmm. and what did you do in high school that maybe led you to what you're doing now well i i I started real
1: young i started playing drums at three so you are a drummer yeah i am definitely a drummer
0: um i don't
1: play professionally anymore um i used to be in a few bands but i started when i was three uh and then i think whenever i was able to join the band i think it was fifth grade um, I picked up percussion immediately. I knew that's what I was doing. It was yeah. it was drums. We were just waiting for fifth grade to start. And then by the end of sixth grade, my parents were gracious enough to buy me a drum set. They were like, okay, this might be going somewhere. So yeah. So then, by the time you
0: were in fifth grade, you probably already were a good drummer. I, mean, uh, I don't know about good, but three. I was, yeah, I definitely <laughs>
1: had some rhythm for sure. And then starting in fifth grade, it taught me how to read music. And that was a big yeah. part of my, um, you know, upbringing is reading you know right, yeah. reading music is so important and it's such a lost art you know a tablature and you know watching guys play the drums on YouTube and Instagram and all the reels and stuff it's like it seems to be in the in some of the genres I lost art and it's like people have to read you know what I mean it's like it's so much easier to talk to your bandmates and go okay you know this is a bar too long or you know maybe they cut it to a quarter note or maybe they make this an eighth note and then if they go what 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 is that yeah you know so it's really important that you know have some sort of foundation
0: you know? and so you played uh, throughout high school i guess in yeah bands in high
1: school i was very active um i was a full percussionist i played jazz vibes in the band in the jazz band and um you know marching tenors in the marching band and then orchestral percussion and you know our concert band or whatever you want to call it wind ensemble i guess it would have been but, yeah um and i just then i went to college for it at western connecticut state and Uh, I majored in, at first I majored in music ed, then I switched to drum set, or vibes, then I switched to drum set. So I've kind of, I've got into everything
0: in the percussion family, and I love it. And so you played professionally for a while after high school? Uh,
1: After college, college actually, I joined up with Sabian. I actually got right into the industry side of things. So I joined up with Sabian, then after Sabian... I was at Guitar Center Hollywood, and that's when I started to meet a bunch of people, which we'll get into about my teching and career. And then I think it was um, after I came home from a Marilyn Manson run in 2007. We had just done a world tour. It was the Rape of the World tour. And
0: what were you? What was your
1: job? I the- was drum
0: tech and programmer oh, okay. on that. I, I did the uh, like Viggy. Yeah. I did Viggy's job and drum teching because it was Viggy. Very- for those who don't know, Viggy. Is uh, he's our friend, and with Lone Star, he helps us uh, do the technical stuff. When you see our show, we see the you see the video screens behind us. He is the kind of mastermind behind all of the technical stuff of how that works with the computer and with uh, uh, the how you size it on the screen and all that. Now Dean, our keyboard player, he does a lot of the, uh, uh, he finds the video files and he does the editing and things like that for the the images that you see on the screen. But Viggy is our sort of, he's our mad scientist that uh, uh, makes it happen basically yeah. on technically, you know, on the screens. Yeah, and he's he is the fifth member of Motley too. I mean, he yeah. is the guy, you know. He it reminds me of that guy in Jurassic Park <laughs> uh that was the with the computer whiz yeah. you know that was the, the, that well amazing. he kind of ended up being the bad guy but anyway but he's the guy with all the he's got six screens in front of him yeah that like was Newman computers. I think Newman, Seinfeld, Yeah, right? Seinfeld, Seinfeld Wayne Knight that's Wright. who Viggy yeah. reminds me of Wayne he's Knight that guy oh, he's, he's gonna that love guy. that and you look at his workstation over there and it looks just like in Jurassic oh, Park oh soda cans and five you know screens. he's just like he's <laughs> always there working you know he never takes a break anyway uh, anyway so Viggy yeah um Viggy's a video tech guy and all that. And you've been working with Viggy for a little while now?
1: Yeah, I mean, Viggy actually placed me into Motley Crue in 2004. He oh, was wow. working with another band. In fact, I think he was writing with them in, in the studio. So he was, you know,
0: yeah, deep Yeah, because into I that. think Viggy told me he used to drum tech for Tommy Lee. He oh, used absolutely. To, like, 96 early, yeah.
1: to 04, he was Tommy's he was guy. Tommy's and he actually tech. did the drums. <laughs> Viggy despises the drums now. That's why he loves me being out. And our past drum tech uh, for Tommy on the final tour, Nick Engel, he was out as well. Um, so Viggy could concentrate on his wow. world, you know, on the Viggy that's world. Amazing. So um, this time around, I can say that it's, you know, uh, it's it's a little different. You know, Viggy and I have been together for so long. I mean, that's, that's my brother. I love him. Yeah. I mean... It's the three of us together. It's me, Tommy, and Viggy. I mean, it's, you can't get a
0: better A-team than that. You That's know? awesome, yeah. So. I would love to see you guys in action, you know, like a day of. So what, what would be a typical day for you? I mean, you know, obviously you get up and you meet the rest of the crew and you have breakfast and that kind of thing, but how do things really get rolling, you know, like on a – gig day on a day when you're doing a big concert? Uh,
1: Well I've actually never done a stadium tour before so this is going to be new to me but for all the arenas and amphitheater stuff I've done um, Backline thankfully gets to be in a little bit later than the lighting guys and the sound guys and the riggers especially you know Um, so you know we'll get up we'll we'll go and have our safety meeting and then uh, head to breakfast and uh, go walk the floor to see how everybody's doing if it's you know, how many hour, if we're behind or if we're ahead of
0: schedule, oh shoot, we got to dump our truck a little early. Everybody's rocking yeah. today. And so there's we there's definitely an order of, like an order of operations absolutely. that has to take place. This has to go in before that. Those lines have to be run before. It. It's very, very uh, layered. Oh, like,
1: absolutely, yeah. yep. The riggers come in, mark the floor. Then the guys go into the, roof, uh, into the rafters and go into the grid, hang the motors. Then the truss goes up with the lighting department. And at the same time, the sound department's hanging the PA. And another time, and then another spot. There, I mean, it's just there's so much. And you're much sitting going around, around twirling your thumbs, going, Yeah, and and oh, that's God, why sorry. you get you get good at. um, uh, Clim- I, I was getting good at climbing the stairs in the arenas and stuff like that so on oh, really? a stadium run I'm going to try to get pictures from up above all the oh, way at the top cool. of the stadium yeah. at least to get some exercise while I'm waiting and that's cool because this is a pretty big production you know with these four bands I think it would so, be cool
0: to get a time lapse shot have like a GoPro camera or something yes. up high where you were talking overlooking the whole thing and just start at the very beginning of the day and just like watch if the if I can get and... up that early I will do that for you <laughs> <laughs> we'll see so, that's awesome man. So, uh, uh, so when it comes your turn um obviously you get your drum cases and stuff all set up and uh where does it go from there uh on this upcoming run i'm very
1: fortunate the drum kit that we have on stage rolls out of the truck completely assembled because of the way we have designed it it's hasn't been revealed yet i can't really talk about the design but um the way we've designed it it stays in one piece and it can't be broken down I see. Mics so, and all, microphones, everything. Cords, everything. Microphones, triggers, you name it. Actually, I might pull the triggers off for travel just because of the vibration. Yeah, right. You know, to save the, the wiring, the solder points. But other than that, everything will stay up. It'll get a shroud, and yeah. then just roll right into the truck. But when it comes out, um, I'll just kind of tweak what has to be put into place. Maybe the snare stand. Well, everything's bolted in place, so it's not really going right. to move. The throne is, is movable, so I might move the throne in place. And then I'll get to tuning. You know, I'll get tuning. Hey, are the heads in good shape? What do the snare wires look like? Is the bottom head on the snare have any pokes from it, from the snare wires, from constantly going up and down? That's really important to look at with T because he hits it so hard. Those snare wires are coming off almost, I would say almost an inch from the snare head when he's hitting them. I mean, it's... Wow, he's a hard hitter. Oh, absolutely. You know, with those Ahead drumsticks, you know, Uh I mean, he goes for it, you know. What what
0: kind of sticks does he use?
1: Uh, The Ahead Tommy Lee Signature Model, yeah. Uh So they're made... um, They have an aluminum core and they're um, sheathed in like this um specialty plastic that they've come up with really? that absorbs stick hits and stuff. Yeah, so I did not know that. he hasn't we've we've used the same two pairs of sticks on his kit cuz I have a set on the side of course ready to go for him for spares and his main set of sticks and we've been using the same two pairs since the beginning of rehearsals 3 weeks ago.
0: No breaks. No. I guess that's Nothing. what the aluminum no, and, does. And, yeah, and no bends.
1: Breaking. They not to dog on ahead, but back in the day they used to bend a little bit. Yeah. They're not bending at all. So I don't know if it's changed or he's hitting different, but these things are staying perfectly true after three weeks of Tommy Lee playing them. <laughs> you know, so that says a lot. And hitting the cymbals and all that, that kind of chews them up a it little bit. It chews them even. up, but I mean, the way it, the way the plastic takes the symbol, it's just like a slice more than like a chip out. Oh, okay. Like on a yeah. stick, you would chip out that piece of wood, yeah. whereas this is just like almost like a slice, like a tiny little knife got into it, and it just absorbs the cut, so... Wow. It's really yeah. neat. They're really great sticks for him, you know. A they're head, not for they're everybody. A head.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, wow. and they're designed by Tommy Lee, or they're uh, the, signature? the signature model is is yeah. his
1: design of length and thickness. He's got two different models: the studio and the concert model. We use the studio on the road. I, I don't know the last time yeah. we've
0: used the concert model, honestly. So, and he's, uh, you know, he's he's not a young dude anymore. I mean, he's he's getting up there, but yep. he still plays with just like he's.
1: 20 he years plays, old right? yeah he plays exactly the same way as i remember him playing with motley in 2006 2005 wow. i mean when he was my age you yeah. know what i mean like it's that's pretty remarkable
0: for but, someone that, that that is getting up there in the years a little bit to be able to play that hard well it's like all that, the you know, guys
1: watching him at rehearsal you know i mean it's it's amazing i mean they're just they're they're,
0: great. they're animals <laughs> yeah i mean
1: there's a reason they're motley crew man that's right. you know it's yeah. like holy shit they're <laughs> rocking still it's a, and, and i don't mean it like that i don't mean still as in like super old. but i yeah. mean 40 years playing those heavy tunes that's that's a badge man you wear that badge proudly you yeah. know
0: yeah there's a reason why they were there in the first place Yeah. exactly and they're, they're, why exactly. they're still there yeah mm-hmm. that's great
1: and 40 years later a whole new generation wants to hear what they you have to yeah, say right and, and, you know and a
0: lot of people are saying you know comments on youtube and things like this they're saying things like what happened to this music? Why is why was the music so good then, and what, what's happened to it now? You know, and it seems like back then they just they really they, they spent time on it, you know, and they talked about it and they worked mm-hmm. out all the little try that little part, you know. They yeah. really they really crafted that music carefully. Absolutely, I mean, I
1: agree. And nowadays, it's more of get it out there because nobody's buying records i mean i mean it's there's a little bit of a resurgent in in vinyl but nobody's buying cds really i mean you're everybody's on a streaming service and it takes you know 50 million streams to make like 40 grand it's like are you kidding me (laughs) i mean that's a lot of plays man yeah so it's it's tough on bands you know that are coming up like you know as far as um no labels you know no Mm -hmm. no money but at the same time they have access to put their record out for hundreds of dollars instead of thousands like us when we had to go to like cd baby or something and get all our shit made you know what i mean it's just like it's so much different now you can just make a track don't even need to master it and just throw it up. You know yeah. what I mean. So
0: it's kind of become more disposable
1: in a way. I think that's some exactly the, the of, word. Yeah. yeah, it's it is disposable. And People, then then the gems stick out. You know, you can find those diamonds in the rough that are just like whoa. You know, yeah. like like Volpeck and Snarky Puppy and all the you know the new yeah. stuff that's coming up and. You know, fearless flyer, the Fab Flyers, I think they're called. It's like those are my new, yeah. my new like go-tos. So,
0: so that's what I like about the new music now is that the really good stuff, like that Motley Crue would have done back then, will stand out now. People will go, oh, you got to listen to this, you know, and then it gets shared and it gets you know listen to and that, all the streams and everything yeah but um yeah people are saying what happened to this music and you see those guys that lived the lifestyle back then you know motley Crue when they first started out mm-hmm. they were living the dream they were working hard they were working yeah. they, it didn't just happen no you know, they worked at it and they suffered and they starved to death Yo, they oh, yeah to they came
1: up like hearing the yeah. stories from those guys in in rehearsals you know Nikki is a is an awesome storyteller i love sitting with him And just hearing about the very early days, it's just like, holy smokes, these guys did it. I mean, they came from nothing, just on the Sunset Strip, scrapping, boom, you know what I mean, and then... When they hit, they hit, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they changed the face of, of, of metal. I mean, right. that was metal back then.
0: That's right. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like, who are these guys? And I mean know? those lyrics that they wrote, that they were living that. I mean, in oh, a lot yeah. of cases, people take outside songs mm-hmm. and country Axel will be a songwriter that pitches a song and they'll say, Oh, that I like that. Let's and a lot of people believe that the artists, because they sing it, that they lived it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Botley Crue, they really lived that. I mean, oh, they, with yeah. You know, you know. Like girls, 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 they they that was them. They, oh they yeah, the they went of to office.
1: every single place they talked about in there, the Seventh Veil. And, and I got to say when I first moved to Hollywood, that was the first place I went to is the Seventh Vale because of girls, girls, girls. I drove down the street <laughs> to go to Guitar Center and I was like There's that seventh veil, I'm going in there. Yeah. And that was before I was married, honey. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, honey. Don't judge, honey. Um, it's almost like the Chris Ledoux, who is a a country singer. Mm -hmm. If it wouldn't hadn't been for the Garth song where he said, you know, worn out tape of Chris Ledoux people wouldn't have known for a long time who Chris Ledoux was because mm. of he mentioned in that song. So wow. I imagine that bar, yeah. you know, the, what did you call it? The Seventh veil. Seventh veil, you yeah. Know, seventh veil's <laughs> probably, yeah. like, world-famous. Oh, because absolutely, they just mentioned it, that song, of course, know. yeah. is that amazing? One of the most famous strip clubs on earth now. <laughs> so let's say you were a drummer, and then... So we were talking about um, uh, a possible moment in your career, in your time, where you were maybe playing drums or teching or doing some other thing, and all of a sudden this drum tech thing kind of came up and you were like, that's what I want to do. That's my thing. That's my calling. So tell me about that.
1: So I was actually working for Sabian at the time and, um, I was just a retail marketing guy, so I'd go around to the guitar centers and, you know, rearrange their point of sale displays and that kind of stuff and make sure the guys knew about all the different models and stuff like that. But I found a drummer out in Covina, California, who I really dug and I really, I wanted to get him like a a small endorsement through our artist rep. And so I got him one and then I went out to a bar to see them play. Or actually, no, I take that back. I, they came over to me in Burbank, and I took them to El Torito, and he and his drum tech came out to meet me. And his drum tech, who was one of my groomsmen in my wedding, like we've been best friends forever, they're like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm his drum tech. I'm like, what's that?
0: What? Exactly. Now, what year
1: would this have been? This was 2001.
0: Okay. Because gotcha. I came from
1: a jazz background. All through college it was jazz, you know, doing the New York City thing and, I mean, doing the, the West, Con- West Connecticut kind of yes. thing. And you move your own stuff, man. It's yeah. jazz. You know, that's why you play an 18-inch bass drum and that's a 10-inch right. and yeah, a 14-inch. Right. You know, Very in the flat stance. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when I was – I started getting into the rock and roll stuff. When I moved, it was just like, that exists? And so I went and watched him set it up, and it was just at a little bar. It was called Friar Tux in Pomona, and it was just like, okay, this is this is interesting. And so I told him, hey, anytime you need me to help out and and, and take care of it, I will. So I went out and, and teched for him at another bar, a couple other bars, and then... Um, now, helping him out or, or taking his place? No, just of uh, uh, taking the drum tech's place. He oh, was out. He was actually in an, in a band that was actually playing around as well. Oh, so okay. he had a lot of shows that would line up the same nights as his buddy. I so I was like, okay, I'll come out and, and mess around. And started at Guitar Center after I left Sabian, um, and then I met Shannon Leto from Thirty Seconds to Mars, uh, and Al Van Halen was like the first guy I met there. It was unbelievable. Wow. But, and so Shannon and I hit it off, and then. Cut to, like, four months later, I was working at, um, at uh, SIR Hollywood. Okay. And uh, Studio Shan- Equipment Rentals. Yes, exactly. That's
0: where, SR, that's where you go to rehearse or rent equipment or whatever. You know? Yeah, it's the spot. They've yeah.
1: got one here in Nashville. Yeah. They're fantastic. You know, I, I hope to get over there at some point this time while I'm here. You know, um, but uh, um, I lost my train of thought.
0: Uh, you were um, drum teching, and uh, you, you had met Alex Van Halen. Oh, and yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So so I was over at SIR, and hopefully we can cut that out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so okay. I was over at SIR, and Shannon came in with his band to rehearse, and he said, hey, we're finally getting ready to go on the road. The record's done. He's like, do you want a drum tech? And I'm like, oh, wow. He's like, it pays $700 a week. And in 2002, I was like, holy crap. Wow. I'm in, man. You know, so it was... It was That was kind of the defining moment of getting onto the road and becoming a, a touring drum tech. There was a band called Trapped that was out back in the early 2000s. I worked with their drummer at Guitar Center. He became their drummer while working at the Guitar Center, and we used to take two cars to their first few gigs, and I would tech for him out of our cars. Oh, okay. And I so see, yeah. our tour manager, front of house guy, who was another groomsman of mine, Um, You can see how tight the music business is. He um, got me into SIR and said, hey, I'm going to put you in this department. You're going to get picked up for touring within a week and a half or two weeks. And he was right on the money. Within two weeks, I'd already gotten picked up for a tour and I went out for a four month stint. Wow.
0: so so had you you'd been a little bit of travel on road road stuff so you knew what to bring and all that. No, or was it one of those no, like oh, I'd been to
1: Europe like in high school for 2 weeks with, you know, a wind yeah. ensemble. You know, I'd been I had traveled a little uh with Sabian, you know, what I yeah. mean, I was traveling around the country, but This was was a full-time
0: tour, so you had to do something to, like, like, if you had pets or anything like that. And I was young.
1: I was 24. I had no pets. I had no nothing. That's good. You know, so I just, I think I I had a girlfriend at the time, but I think I broke up for, like, a few weeks into it. I was like, Uh, this is too much fun. I can't have a girlfriend. (laughs) I'm out of here. So, (laughs) but anyway, so. uh, Sorry, honey. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, it didn't end up being my wife, which is great, so. Um, but yeah, so then after that, it just kind of snowballed, you know, you meet people like on that tour, we opened for Incubus for a month. So I met a bunch of people on that tour. We And that was my first arena run. So I learned how arena runs worked, arena tours worked. Then my next month was with Seven Dust, who's my favorite people on the planet yeah. Earth, you know, and the best band ever so you that know. was kind of
0: the epiphany it was when they said it pays 750 dollars a week i was like holy! we smokes. just need somebody right
1: now and you yep. saw your friend had done it and you're yep. like i and can I, totally I do, can this. do this yeah. because i i had been setting up drums and tweaking drum kits in my house all the time growing up i played yeah. i played around with setting up the kit more than i did with practicing oh, back see. then so it was very okay. interesting once i got into it it was like whoa I was doing that already as a kid, you know, putting up double bass. Like my, my graduation present was a double bass cage, and I had an 18-inch wow. bass drum. Wow. But I still got this double bass <laughs> cage. cage. I'm hanging cymbals, and, you know. But it was stuff like that that, you know, led me to just do the drum tech thing and start building crazy kits, you know. Yeah, so
0: yeah. So early on, you were more into kind of the gear then you were really kind of in Yeah, playing. it seemed I mean, kind of to be. Yeah, yeah,
1: playing was just kind of a whatever. Back then, I just, not to sound like an idiot, but I survived on raw talent, you know what I mean? I barely practiced. It was only into high school and into college that I had to really buckle down and and, and, and study and practice my yeah. craft, you know? But I just I just was like, yeah, whatever, and then I would just mess around. What if I put this symbol upside down over here? And I yeah. just had a lot of fun, you
0: know? That's cool. <laughs> well, um so what kind of... Um, I guess uh, skills or innovation do you bring to your job? Do you, um, uh, with Tommy Lee, let's say, um, I know he likes his kit set up a certain way. Mm-hmm. Do you suggest things to him? Do you say, hey, let's tighten this down a little bit or how do you need this closer or whatever? Yeah, you know, you... I mean,
1: he's pretty much, you know, he's, he's got his, he's been playing for over 40 years now so he's got his setup you know what i mean and i don't and it's funny i don't use a ruler or anything i just measured it now just so i'd have them and put them mm-hmm. in my phone but everything's just by feel like i've i've been behind tommy's kid enough that i just sit behind it and if it doesn't feel right yeah i move it you know what i mean and i'm usually within a half an inch or an inch of everything uh, you know and if he wants to, if he you know he, he'll usually bring something a little closer Um, But I consider myself his golf caddy, you know what I mean? It's like a caddy, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, I will absolutely suggest things, you know, but he has a certain way that he likes stuff and he'll just go, hey, man, let's do this to this. Or, you know, like he's amazing at picking cymbals and timbre matching his cymbals. Like yesterday we spent an extra five minutes. We got a brand new 19-inch, I'm going to reveal a cymbal we're using. We got a brand new A 19-inch medium thin crash from Zildjian in yesterday. And we started to hit it, and then when we blended it with the rest of the cymbals, we had to switch out. We had to move it to the right side oh, of I the see. kit yeah. because he liked the pitch of that other cymbal, which I'm not going to mention, yeah. over to the left side. Yeah. So it was very, very interesting. And he's he's so in tune to everything about his drums. So I I try to just just burn his his setups into my brain. Yeah. And that's about it. And and my tuning. He loves how I tune. You know what I mean? It's when mm-hmm. we, we use acoustic drums and electronic triggers yeah. on this upcoming tour. That's, that's known. So um, we find some, you know, we, I, how it started is I tuned the kit. We got it sounding really great. And then Viggy would pick out some cool samples. On the unit we're using, which we can't reveal what we're using yeah. until the big kit reveal, um, but on the module he's using, he was picking out some drums that we, he thought Tommy and I would like, or that Tommy would like. So. Digital versions. Yeah, of, digital like, versions, yeah, samples. And then um, he and I would just—he uh, would tune to me, so we got it exactly in tune. And then I used my. Um, ever-present drum dial to get all the numbers off of my snare and my toms to go, okay,
0: these are the numbers that when it's tuned up and stretched will match the sample. So So, every night we're going in. So for those who don't know, a drum dial is a device that you set down on top of the, it's pretty brilliant when you think about it, it's it's like a pressure device, you set down on top of the drum head and it tells you how tight the drum is Mm -hmm. basically by using some kind of little... Uh, I don't know if it's like a sensor or something it's un- a, underneath. It's just a little it. weighted post. Yeah, it's made to measure. Is that again? No, uh, <laughs> it,
1: it's a weighted post. His watch it's, just started talking to me. I know. <laughs> it's a. It, I believe it was. It was uh, the the device was made to measure the thickness of metal oh, okay. uh, coming yeah. out of engineering machines and like big machines like that. And Steve Fisher applied that and came up with the drum dial. And it's just the the it's, it, ha- it senses the pressure, not the torque at the right. tension rod. You get a little piece of dust or dirt in your tension rod, torque key is not gonna do you any good. That's right. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, yeah. Those, I, I can't stress it enough, and I don't say things are useless, a torque key is useless. You know what I mean? Right, I yeah. mean, you you'd be better just trying to feel it with your teeth. That's Ooh, what I feel uh, just by hand. Yeah, you know, you know my know. hand
0: has become over the years. I'm 40 years into professional drumming, you know, and, and I I can feel with my hand it's become like a torque wrench. You know? Yes, I can exactly. Feel it, you
1: know? and the the thing about the drum dial is it takes it one step further where you don't have to rely on oh, am I, is this feel right? You know what I yeah. mean? and and that uh, normally I would just get my drums in, in the ballpark with the drum dial and then I would tune to my liking, which I still do just on Tommy's. Yeah, and just by ear. But with this it's so it's so vital because we're matching tuned samples. Uh, see, yeah. And 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 honestly, a lot of this stuff is tuned per song. Tommy is so in tune with his sound that we've tuned drums per song. We've shortened the decays on kick drums for songs that are too fast. For I mean, he's really really yeah. in tune with his sound, and, and that's
0: what makes Motley Crue when you go see them and their songs sound amazing. Huge. Or like the record yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, it yeah. will
1: sound. You know, they sound amazing. You know, that and attention to detail. It, yeah. That's it. And and every guy does that. You know, wow. mix mix guitar rig sounds phenomenal this year I can't say anything about it but it is amazing (laughs) top secret yeah everything's top secret (laughs) over there I think Nikki posted his bass rig on Instagram but you know that's about it so (laughs) um
0: so when you you being a drummer you you play uh like when you're doing like line check or something Mm -hmm. like that you play do you find that have you sort of Learned how to play like Tommy Lee. Absolutely. I mean, can you can you match what he does? Uh, in a way? Well, or, I mean, no one power? can really
1: match what Tommy Lee does, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, I can get close to his game structures. Yeah. I mean, he hits super hard. Yeah. But
0: I can get close. So you, you know? have to hit hard like him, basically, for the sound guy. You know. You don't do what's called sandbagging, where you know you play a little no, softer than it's going no. to be during the show and, and or something. Ruins like that. it. No, yeah.
1: I, I pride myself on learning to strike the drums uh, based on what each of my guys plays like like that's with Eric definitely. Kretz on Stone Temple Pilots I hit yeah. like him he hits
0: completely different than Tommy obviously so that's you know. a great skill that a, that a drum tech should have is yeah even watch if he's your not guy a, play yeah even if he's not a drummer let's say cause mm-hmm. I'm, like my drum tech is not a drummer that's out with us now right. he does the video tech but he also drum techs. and i tell him what i need mm-hmm. he has a great memory and he has a great work ethic and all Perfect. that he gets exactly what i want um but even if you're not a drummer to learn how to hit at least the drum mm-hmm. one drum at a time like your drummer that you're that's all,
1: all you need and then you can go yeah, on the road that's you know a what huge I mean? skill
0: playing but learning one beat though is yeah. vital
1: you have to at least learn if you're not a drummer and you want to go out and drum tech you got to learn at least one or two beats because yeah, you have to play at kicks, least kicks kick, snare, hat. Yeah, some 4/4. You know yeah. I mean, yeah, some 4/4 yeah. like AC/DC beat. Yeah. You know. And
0: you got to cover all the like, sound check all the cymbals all, all the, the drums, symbols, the all the cymbals, all the drums. Guy. Yeah, make usually sure he you tells you on a walkie-talkie what he wants or he's have it all pre you've done it so many times. you just know what he wants when he wants it. Um kind of thing.
1: yeah, he's in my ears telling me like it usually goes in order kick, snare hat and then around the toms and whatever whatever. Um and he'll tell me when he's ready. Like I'll hear yeah. a um, I'm uh, like, front of house is good, and then I'll hear monitors is good, and then I'll move on to the next drum. Yeah. And then front of house is good, monitors is good, move oh, on. Oh, I next see. Drum. Yeah, so it's so. all internal in our in ears. Okay. So it's really cool. So it's the in ear systems have really helped out the techs as far as communications with our um, within within our own crew. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, Viggy has a talk back to me. I have a talk back to Viggy. Monitors has a talk back to all of us, and then just to the band where only they hear it in their ears it's not blaring out on the yeah. side fills or the wedges so it's really the yeah. in-ear systems have really helped. it's an efficient way to work really for sure. i mean it's quick sure. it's
0: not you're not like there's no confusion no nope. it's almost like a pilot jargon you know like yes. pilots yeah it's exactly that air traffic yeah. control mm-hmm. they they know what to expect they know what to say they know what they're going to say and that kind of thing yeah, yeah.
1: That's maybe cool. that's why i was i was an aspiring pilot for
0: a while I actually yeah. took flying lessons so that's it's helping you out yeah. with your communication yeah and about on that? stage and all that. <laughs> So. Um, so a typical day would be, uh, you know, you said you have your safety meeting and you get uh, in with your uh, what's well, your turn. You just start. Well, you said the drums already set up. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. We got off way I on think. a
1: tangent, huh? Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the drums roll out. I mean, I'm speculating because, you know, this is the stadium tour. The drums roll out. I'll check out all the heads. I'll check the everything like we were talking about. Uh, and then just, I mean, just go over it almost like a car that's getting ready to race. Okay, all yeah. the lugs tight? Are all of my screws tight? How's, it, I mean, it, when it rides in a truck overnight, you know, things vibrate. Oh, so amazing. you check every, yeah, I the mean,
0: roads. You know it, especially now with all the potholes oh, that, that have crazy. popped up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh.
1: So you just tighten everything up, and then, um, you know, if I have to change heads, then I'll go over to my world and I'll use my DW t- tuning table and throw them on my lazy susan and swap the heads out and. You know, put them back up and then um, check the symbols for cracks along the edges. There'll be no keyholing because everything's plastic covered in the middle, right, of course. Yeah. But um, just check for cracks because it, it is Tommy and we're using a lot thinner symbols <laughs> right. than we've been in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. People are going to really trip out on what we're using, so or what wow. he's using. It's not me, yeah. but. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so then just cleaning the cymbals and, yeah, you know, that's about How do it. How you clean the cymbals?
0: What do you use on the cymbals?
1: I use Groove Juice Cymbal groove Cleaner. Juice. Groove yeah. Juice is the stuff. best. It's the best stuff. And you use water and all that, like they say. Uh, yeah, like, you, yeah. Have to, have you have to, have to, have use to water, use yeah. water. And you got to use – cold water okay. You know, in a bind because I've been in a lot of arenas that don't have like the automatic uh, bathroom sinks. Oh yeah, so I have to like kind of do whatever. (laughs) But um, warm water does work better. But um, Dave's got a new formula out. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's out yet. I shouldn't say he gave me some and it was amazing. But both formulas that he has is phenomenal. He, Dave is the guy that Dave Starwell, yeah. Juice. he okay. is he's the okay. inventor of Groove Juice. He's fantastic. I've been, I've been an e or endorser, or whatever you call it, of Groove Juice for many, wow, many years yeah. now. So,
0: so the, for those that don't know, Groove Juice is—so the old way to clean cymbals would have been like Brasso or something like that. You wipe it on. It's like waxing a car. And it's different now. They've got a spray that you spray on the cymbal, and it's almost magically—I've watched it, like, transform over seconds as you're watching it. It gets shinier, and it's like mm-hmm. a chemical yes. it's like a citrus—I don't know what it is. But it has some kind of uh, magic ability that um, just takes all the dullness out of the symbols. And then, of course, you don't wipe it down so much. You just wipe, you rinse it with water. Yeah. You know, like you're yeah. washing. And your- then
1: you dry it off. I, yeah. I have a video on my Instagram, um, which y'all give you, uh, that shows the whole process and how quick and easy it is. I did it right. in a bathroom. Um, in fact, at the place that I'm wearing on my T-shirt, the Epic <laughs> Events Center Epic in the Evidence, Wisconsin yeah. Center. Oh, yeah. In, in Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very easy. And if you follow the directions on yeah. the back, it works. Yeah. People who it use works. it like a, a symbol cleaner, normal symbol cleaner, like a symbol, like the old school's Zildjian cream, you'd wipe it yeah. on, buff it, and let, leave it, and then buff it off. If yeah. you leave groove juice on, you're done for. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not made to be left on there. You spray it on, the whole symbol, I do a quick wipe on the symbol so everything gets coated. Yeah. I just wipe the whole thing, and then just don't press on the logo, and the logo right. won't go anywhere. Yeah, that's. I know? think that's
0: the main inspiration behind Groove Juice is to not wear off the logo yeah, or the yeah. the name of the. Yeah, you know, de- the, it
1: does take it off, but if you go around it, and you sure. don't pre- and you don't wipe on it, it's not going to take it off. Yeah. You know, I've I've done uh, one of the hi hat symbols I had on Rob Zombie. I did with Groove Juice five or six times, and it was an old Z3, and the Z3 logo still was on it. Wow. So you know, mm. I mean, it's it's a great product. I can't speak enough about it. You yeah. know, and that and the and drum And it's dial. fast too. It's yeah. quick. It's Super a quick fast. way
0: to clean the cymbals. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I need time to go do things like nap. <laughs> you,
0: know? yeah. you don't want to spend six hours cleaning cymbals. <laughs> I don't want to spend symbols. six like, hours oh. cleaning
1: cymbals because it's a stadium tour and, you know, Rick Allen's out there and Ricky Rockett's out there. We're going to have three beautiful drum kits out there. I want Tommy's to shine just as much as the other two. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all those other techs are going to be polishing just like I will and making, it, making them look beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm the guy that's going to do it for five minutes and not 30 Right. But I believe they are also Groove Juice guys, and if they're not, then they will be by the end of the tour. Yeah,
0: You know, one of the things I teach uh, students and people that are interested in becoming a professional drummer or whatever is that the drum kit is something that when the audience comes before the show and they're looking up on the stage, the drum kit is what says this is what this music is going to be like. Yes, you know what I mean? It's kind of like so a true. sign. It's a, you know, you can look at a guitar sitting there, or an amp or a microphone or something like that. But before the band comes out and it's just an empty stage, people are looking at that drum kit and they're judging. They're going, what is this going to be like? Yeah, oh it's my true. God. Like, and if it's shiny and nice and it's they know they're in for a... A treat yeah you know? or if it's like a tiny
1: little four piece on the floor that's barely set up you go okay this is probably some yeah it's gonna busted be ass punk band
0: yeah right you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean right. And
1: it, they could be very good yeah but sonically it could it's not going to sound as best or look you know Yeah. i mean no one goes you know no one goes to a show to i mean they go to i shouldn't say that no one goes to the show just listening to the band they right. want to see The Mm -hmm. band, they have the band on their records. Yeah, Yeah, they have the records. They've been listening to them for years. They're going to see their people in lights and production, and you want to give them that best bit. And you know, and I agree with you with that drum kit. And this is for any drum kit on any tour that I've ever seen. It certainly mimics what the whole show is going to be about. Take the Five Finger Death Punch drum kit, for instance, from a few years back. Or any of them. They're massive, and they have the huge things coming out. Like when he had the Rat Rod drum kit. It was amazing with all the stuff all over it. And it was just like, okay, we know what's about to it's happen. It's a living sculpture, yeah, isn't it? it it's you know, exactly it. Really it. All it's these art. guys with their new their new rack designs. like These new rack guys, I love them. I mean, I'm not that guy. I was into racks for a while, but I'm not that guy. All these guys with their their racks, like Cedric Kraut is an amazing rack builder. John Aldridge, Johnny Douglas, all those guys do these just gnarly things, and you just go, wow. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, and then you just go, like, when I go and see Ario, it's like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, Brian's kit is amazing. Yeah, know. it always
0: struck me as when I see those kits that have the the symbol stands that are curved. Yes, that's exactly up, what I'm talking about. It doesn't make about. the symbol sound any better at all. No, ever. it's all but looks. You look at it and you're going, oh wow, check that out. Yeah, you know, that's it's not like been done. Thing. Or
1: if it has, it's like, well, that's still pretty damn cool. You know what I mean? These, well, I call them spider kits because they have big. Oh you yeah, look like spider big, legs coming yeah, out. Yeah, coming up like, <laughs> like an
0: upside down spider. So <laughs> like a like a like the drummer is sitting in a trap or something. Yeah, like, he's exactly. Like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, and I think it's important for drums to be lit properly. You know. And Absolutely. I struggle with that oh in, my the in the early days. In early days of country, you know, in the '80s, uh, the drummer was kind of like a piece of furniture in in country music. Anyway. Yeah, all you know, backlit. Yeah, All focused yeah. on the singer mm-hmm. and the guys up front. If you sing, therefore you are. Right. And, and I struggle with that for so many years, just saying, "Put some lights on me. I want to do a show. I want to. I want people to see me play." Yeah, not like and I'm then, just back yeah. here like a DJ. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And so it just took me a while to kind of like convince our production guys you know put a couple lights on me back there i promise you i'll deliver you know and (laughs) and then i got comments like people saying man you're my favorite part of the i like watching you play or i like seeing you back there doing your thing it's very fun because you're moving you know yeah most of the guys in the band are kind of strumming a guitar playing they can't really move a whole lot but they can move some but you're back there playing doing it going crazy yeah i mean mean, it's it's all four limbs man i mean we're, we're the only guys that use all four limbs yeah so that's you know, a show in itself. The kit itself, shiny and looking good, and the drummer playing it well, and it's sounding good and all that. It's all part of the package. Absolutely. And and for sure, Tommy Lee delivers on that. You know? Oh, I mean, And you yeah, help I mean, him deliver. Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, God, that guy, I mean, you, you, I don't know that there are better showmen. I mean, he was one of the big guys with the stick tricks and stuff back yeah. in the 80s, you know what I mean? There's guys that do it. You know, and do it crazy, like Chip Ritter and guys like that that are crazy stick guys. But, you know, for playing the song and just doing his thing, I mean, Tommy doesn't miss a beat. And, he, you know, my favorite is his when he hits the rim of a snare and he shoots the, sni- the stick uh, like
0: 30 uh, feet in the air and then grabs it. You know what I, I mean? He must have had to practice that like for weeks and weeks to get that down. Yes,
1: and that is something super important about my job is that angle needs to be absolutely perfect or it will go 30 feet behind him or 30 uh, feet in front of him the project- and then yeah. I'll get a stick thrown at me. Because <laughs> it's basically a trampoline at that point. Yeah, period. yeah. And, I mean, you know, and that's that goes back to just being with him so long, you know. That's the one thing that I got to get right. Like, is that stick going to? So I had to learn that stick You had to learn trick. how to do it to make yeah.
0: sure it flies in the air right. Yeah, and and, uh, and this just
1: <laughs> reminded me of a wonderful story of my my dear, all of our dear friend, uh, the great, late Taylor Hawkins. Oh, yeah, So right. I actually taught him that stick trick is that right? when we were down, and Motley was down in Australia, and so was the Foos, and they were next door. We were at this velodrome, and they were at the soccer arena or whatever. We were wow. next door. Their power went out, over at their whole place, so they couldn't do anything. They couldn't, they couldn't line check. They couldn't do anything, and the band was hanging out. So Taylor comes over. They heard we were over there. Tommy hadn't arrived yet. Taylor comes over. And you know, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Great to see you. Blah blah blah. We start chatting. I, of course, let him play the kit. He started playing "Best of You" on the kit. I think, I think it was yeah. "Best of You," yeah. And then um, he's like, I need to learn how he, how he does that stick trick. So I taught Taylor how to do Tommy's stick flip. And
0: you now, know, when does Tommy
1: do that And his so? Does he he does
0: a solo or something, right? And then he does that during a solo. Or is uh,
1: it? He he can he can do it whenever he wants to. I've seen him do it at the end of songs, at a break in the middle of a song. A famous one that people have seen millions of times is the break in live wire. In the middle of the song, he'll go da, da, da and then it'll go up in the air while Nick's Mick's doing his riff. And then before it comes down, before he goes bob up, bob up, he'll catch it again and then get into it. Has he ever missed it? Uh I plead the fifth on that
0: one. <laughs> you can't say. I don't know. I don't I know. If he know missed it, it, I wasn't looking. I know nothing. <laughs> oh man, that is awesome. So what other skills um would you say that you have, other than drum technique, that, you, that you've you learned along the way or that you could almost do professionally like um, other special human tricks? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: mixing monitors um, has been something I've been doing as of late the last few weeks. I've been taking care of um, Mick, Nikki, and uh, Tommy while our our monitor engineer, our band's monitor engineer, was finishing up another project out in another location. Yeah. So he's coming back this week, uh, actually tomorrow, um, so, I've had the, the privilege, I'll use that term lightly, I've had the privilege of mixing the band's monitors for the last couple of weeks. And having that skill set was unbelievable to have, so we didn't have to have fly anybody in, put right, them up, see, yeah. you know, cover anybody. I mean, it was. That just, does
0: take. I mean, whether you're using wedges or in-ear monitors, especially in-ear monitors, yeah. because I was told years ago when we first started with ear monitors, you got to have a guy that knows what the hell he's doing, or else you're going to go deaf. You'll yeah, he could ru- he and, could ruin your ears yeah, you for could ruin sure. Ruin your ears if you don't. Yeah,
1: have and it. and with Motley they have both. You know, yep. there's sidefills, ah. there's wedges. For Tommy, we have ears and subs and a thumper. We're using the Porter and Davies mm-hmm. BC2 rig, so we've got everything. Wow. I mean, he loves his low end, so we don't want to blow out the whole entire universe with the low end so he's shoving into the thumper and into his drum
0: sub right behind him you know what i mean gotcha. and yeah. then you know oh, for it, those don't know a thumper is basically in built into your drum stool yes and it's like a, a actuator that actually creates you don't hear it it's not a sound thing but it's a feel thing and it's some it's like literally somebody kicking taking a boot and kicking your drum stool underneath yep, exactly. it every time you hit the yep. first time i ever had one of those years ago We were – Neil McCoy, the Mm -hmm. uh, singer, Uh, we were – we didn't have a thumper yet. We had in-ears and this kind of thing. And I went up and saw the drummer's kid. He said, hey, come on up here. And he sat up there and he sat – and I think we were sitting in or something or we were uh, using their gear or something like that. Somebody plugged in a guitar. This is before any music was being played. Someone plugged in a guitar and it went – in that thumper and oh, I thought yeah. <laughs> I was looking down like someone had kicked me or something I mean I was like oh okay and then I started playing the kit and I was like oh okay." yeah really yeah. add something especially
1: yeah. with the in-ears too you oh, know sure. I mean good lord to I mean feel you get, something yeah it's of just that hear. bone conduction conduction oh, yeah. I just what <laughs> yeah, they call right. bone conduction wow so it is it is something you know and we have Tommy's Tommy's is pretty it's not super loud we're, we're not lighting up the tube in the bc2 amp which okay, i've done yeah. with other guys uh, like eric kretz loves his thumper really kicking wow know? we light up
0: that we light up that um that tube for sure yeah, here, i kept so. blow. i had my thumper for a while but i kept blowing those uh those drivers mm-hmm. underneath they Had two of them underneath oh, the, butt kickers, yeah. the, the butt kickers yeah the butt kickers yeah i kept blowing the well we blow fuses and then we blow the drivers and yeah. it was getting kind of expensive so we just did away with it yeah uh, the, we it.
1: we stopped i <sighs> I tried the I tried the buck kickers on Carnival of Sins, and which was years and years ago. And then during the while I was on the Voice from whatever to whatever, I guess that was eight years, seven years. Porter and Davies became a company, and then all the bands I started working with after the Voice had them and I was just like it's built in there's no motor to die out I mean it's just all right in there they had their own amp that comes with it it's like this is perfect so I've never had any of them go down I haven't had to switch a fuse yet now tell me about the voice
0: tell me about what you did there
1: uh, I was the drum tech for the house band for Nate Morton for 14 seasons wow so we did you know every single drum set that came on that show you know we we Rented to the show and set up. Like, we there were some weekends that Nate would play nine different kits in one weekend. You know wow, where we really? he'd have five on the Monday night show just for different looks with different contestants. Oh, I see. Okay, and then four on the next show for the results night. He might play with an A-list artist and then maybe in a couple of group numbers. So they come up with different designs and the, and then he'll come up with different kit configurations. And wow. that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing that. He was he was my boy. We did that. That sounds for seven like a drum tech's dream. It was either a dream believable. or nightmare. It was a other. little <laughs> bit of both. I mean, it was definitely stressful. But, I mean, doing stuff for TV was a lot of fun because it wasn't just the 800 people in the room that were, were checking out the work. It was, you know, at times 10 to 12 million people seeing what you've sure, done and yeah. hearing your sounds. It's like, okay, this is cool, you know. Yeah. And he got me into building snare drums, so I had a snare drum company for a while. and That's you not know, right. that right? Really? That was another thing that helped is, is having a building background of drums lets me really get into his DWs and go, hey, how are his bearing edges? You know, what's going on here? Is everything true? You know, I don't feel bad about drilling into a shell if I have to put an XLR mount in it. Yeah. You know, that, those kinds of things. It's like having that drum building background helps.
0: Yeah, and well. he so he plays DW. He does. Tommy Lee does. Mm-hmm. does uh, how is your relationship with the DW company? Do you give them feedback? Do they ask you questions?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been playing the same... Um, series for quite a while. We use the collector series. Um, well, I, collector series, right? Yeah. I can't, yeah, I mean I guess I can let that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're using a maple it's a maple kit. He's been using a maple kit for a long time. We just love the sound of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's fantastic. Um you know I, I got I, I I got talked out of Almond by Mr. John Good <laughs> and all the guys there. Um because it's not really for what Tommy needs, you Almond know what wood. I mean. Almond, mm, yeah. Wood, Almond yeah. wood, yeah. yeah. So, um, because I want to do something kind of different, but yeah. you know, the maple sounds fantastic. It's got good attack, good attack. It tone, does. It's great, stuff, and yeah. combined with the Remo heads, I can't say what heads we're using yet. Yeah. Or actually, people have already seen them. We're using um, the smoke color tones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on everything, um, and uh, yeah, it's just those those two combined make the drums sound great. He's been with Zildjian since. 2004 again, um, when he got re-signed and he, I came on, uh, it was a great time and, yeah. you know,
0: so yeah. I've been with Zildjian for 20, over 20 years oh, now. Hell yeah. They sent me a plaque oh, in the mail. Awesome. They sent me, said, you know, to, to commemorate 20 years as a Zildjian artist. I'm like, you're giving me a plaque? Yeah, that's amazing. I should amazing. give you a plaque. I mean, I mean, they've been so great to me. I mean, Zildjian. There isn't a better company yeah.
1: in the entire, on the entire planet for that matter, from, in my opinion, there are, the way they treated me, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, got, I got to take a tour of the factory when I was 14 because my father and I, we lived near there. My father and I just drove by the factory one day on one of our Sunday rides, and uh, one of the workers just happened to be there for some reason. I don't know if it was an extended shift or whatever, and he's like, I'll be happy to walk you through. And at 14, an aspiring drummer. This is up in New England Up in right? New England, up yeah. yep, in Norwell, Massachusetts, same spot they're still in, and walked me through. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And it was just so nice of him. Yeah. Cut to 2004 when, you know, I start working for Tommy. I show up there when I went to go visit my folks. And it says, Zildjian, welcome, Steve Morrison. And then under me was Mike Mangini. Really? I was like... Oh my God. That's and it so was just cool. wonderful. And Craigie and Debbie came out and I met them. And, you know, I got to know everybody there. Johnny DeChristopher was still there. Lenny right. DiMuzio was still there. So it was, I, th- I think Lenny was still there. It's a real family um, atmosphere. It was such a family out right. there. And, you know, I just can't say enough about that. And DW is the same way. It's a family over there, too. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're you can't the get, best. In my companies. opinion, you can't
0: get much better than DW drums. And Zildjian cymbals. Yeah, I mean, it's mean, just like that's it. That hardware, everything. Yeah, this I mean, you've amazing.
1: that that is to me that's the pinnacle. And I know a
0: lot of guys that feel the same way. It's like that's the yeah. that's it. So if you're a drummer starting out and you want some advice, go get a DW kit, a decent DW kit, and Zildjian cymbals. And I, in my opinion, you'll get the gig. Yeah, I mean, if, straight assuming up. you're a good drummer, and you know, you can, yeah, you, uh, yeah. That's you just because people are going to judge. They're, they're going to, of course, judge your playing. They're, you mm-hmm. have to be a good player. But they're going to look at your kit like, what is going to be on my stage? You know, if yep. you're auditioning for a band, let's say, mm-hmm. and they look at your – you take the drums out of the cases and you set them up. People are going to look at those with scrutiny. They're going to yeah. go, what – What's what's going to be shining on my stage? And you know? did
1: the drum even come out of a case when you're yeah, starting right. at that level? Mm-hmm. If yep. you're bringing your drums out of your car without even just a yeah. twenty
0: dollar bag over them, I mean right. that says something. And I mean to put your name on those cases oh that's one of my tips God. that's one of my tips for Huge students tip. oh, like starting out going on auditions because here's here's the thing number one they're gonna see that you got your shit together big you time you know there's like you got cases and if you put your name on there they're gonna remember your name because they saw it spelled on the case they're yeah. gonna go what was that drummer we auditioned the third one The third one, that seventh day, (laughs) the 30th drummer we auditioned, Uh, his name was uh, Bill Smith. Yeah, that's right, because I saw it on his case. Mm -hmm. I can't second that enough. Yeah, That
1: is so important. I started doing that at 20 years old. I started bagging up my drums, and every gig it said, Steve Morrison, fragile, on every one of them. And you're looked
0: at different. Yeah. Yeah, It didn't matter that I had a sunlight drum kit in there. Yeah. It, you know what and i mean here's it's, another tip get a bunch of travel stickers and stick them on those drum kits and make it look make like it look you've, you've been, been everywhere somewhere. right well, yeah yeah yep. oh okay well, my these. mallet case was
1: like that <laughs> all through college i slapped all and if you look at my work box now my work box at, at motley is just slammed in stickers yeah so go on amazon <laughs> and look up
0: uh stickers from around the world <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's a package germany <laughs> norway australia japan just order them all and stick them Or in just your follow cases.
1: me on Instagram and I'll send them out to everybody. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah. I'll start So what is out. your
0: Instagram, if you don't mind telling
1: uh, us? My Instagram is Stevo for drums. It's E-L-S-T-E-E-V-O, the number four,
0: drums. Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah so it's very long check and weird. But, yeah. and, and see what you're up to. And do yeah. you, when you're out on tour with Motley, uh, do you post things? I, you I'm, I'm posting
1: now. I post every single day at rehearsals. Um, we post some behind-the-scenes fun stuff, little bits of the reveal of the kit. We're showing little parts of the kit each each every couple of days to kind of tease the drum nerds. And I, and, and I use that term very lovingly, drum, right. nerds. Yes, we're we're drum, nerds. drum nerds. We're all drum nerds. But for all the guys that geek out on the gear, we're doing little reveals here and there. And um, also on my Instagram is The Adventures of Squeaky Pete, which is my wonderful little buddy that if you go and search that, I'll okay, you, you got, me, got my curiosity. Yeah, squeaky, so, squeaky Pete. Squeaky Pete, that is a not, well, I guess it is safe for work, but, you know, don't do it in front, don't take a look at Squeaky Pete in front of your three-year-old.
0: Okay, so. <laughs> All right. but duly noted. Um, so, who are your heroes as far as, uh, are there drum techs out there that you looked up to that, uh, that are sort of notable, that you've sort of? followed or that you wanted to be like
1: i mean number one of course i mean everybody's first was jeff ochiltree i mean yeah. john bonham's drum tech I oh, okay mean, right you yeah know, i mean jeff is the originator man i mean yeah. he's a, a goddamn legend to, to put it bluntly yeah you know um as far as current guys like i know jeff's gotten into more building and, and i don't know that he's teching as much anymore maybe he is and i just I haven't seen him around but um John Douglas, who was, um, who is Joey Aero, Joey's Kramer's drum tech from Aerosmith, he's okay. actually playing with Aerosmith right now as well. Um, he was Frank Beard's uh, drum tech, and John does all the airbrushing of all the drum kits of both of those guys wow. and did the Joe Perry guitar that has his wife on it. I mean, wow. John is easily the best drum tech on planet Earth. I mean, because it goes above and beyond. Oh, the I normal, mean, he's next you know, level. He just takes I mean, it to, because you can yeah. you're painting the drums. I mean, yeah. he just did Alex Gonzalez from Mana's drum kit, and it's phenomenal. It's like this L.A. based,
0: yeah,
1: uh, paint package. It's amazing. So he's my number one guy for sure. And then Lauren Wheaton, Gump from yeah. Neil Peart, and who just, he had just he just left Kiss with Eric. Um, I mean, Gump is is a goddamn legend too. I mean, I love that dude. You know, I mean, he's just the Best, you know, cool. and and Viggy, when he was a drum tech, was a uh-huh. great drum tech, and he hates the drums now, that's why he loves me out there. Uh, but um, you know, and and uh, my so you do have heroes, no. and, yeah, of course. No, I'm yeah. just kidding,
0: that's and awful. You'll be the next, uh, you know, you probably are, you know, the next that the kids look up to now and say, like, he's the guy with Tommy Lee, man. I,
1: I hope so, man, and I hope I get to pay it forward. I like to help out you know and, and get kids on the road and you know i love filling positions that i can't do like motley's taking up pretty much the year and i've been getting calls for other little things now that yeah. touring is back up and i'm able to give them to guys that haven't spent a lot of time on the road yet and are like hey it's time i'm ready to go and it's like okay cool you're out you know i just got a friend of mine a gig uh going to europe with bush uh-huh. so it's just like it's fun to just help out yeah. you know and just so what would it. you
0: say uh, if somebody is young and they are thinking about going into being a drum tech they they've listened to this podcast and they think yeah that sounds like what i want to do what would be a good way to how do you get a job as a drum tech do you obviously you don't audition but you got to put your name out there and you got to have some got to kind of declare yourself a drum tech at some point
1: yeah i how mean how would you do that
0: how do you get started
1: Well, with social media now, it's so much easier than when I was starting out, there was no social media. I mean, you would just kind of, um, you'd go to the, you'd meet a band
0: and hope that they'd get a little bit big. You like know you what said, I mean? you were friends with a drummer, and he said, Hey, why don't you come out and help me set my kit up? Exactly. Kind of was, so make friends like, with okay. a drummer, get to make know drummer. Make friends drummers. with a drummer,
1: and then just learn his setup, and then go do another bar band's kit for a few months or alternate or do both. And maybe they might only pay you 25, 30 bucks. They might not pay you anything. They might pay you for your meal that night. But that's but, solid
0: gold. You're, those are pearls.
1: You're learning. Yes, You're learning I mean, the you skill. can learn different guys, and those guys will be sometimes a pain in the ass because they're a, they're a bar band. You know yeah. what I mean? So. You get to learn, you know, I've had some guys that were were a struggle in yeah. starting out in my career and I'm not obviously won't mention who they were, but you know, it just prepares you to just yeah. handle anything and go, okay, it all comes back around to being a golf caddy. Always yeah. think about how you can make your guy play better. What can I do to make him more comfortable on the kit? It's the same as on the course. What what club am I gonna give him to get him to the hole quickest? Yeah. And that hole is the best the song can be right you yes. know what i mean and the gig the whole night the whole, the whole night even yeah and,
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome um and also you know kids have things now like youtube you can go mm-hmm. on and learn how to tune i would say learning how to tune the drums would be sort of like number job one you know above all because those drums have you got to learn how to put yeah on that, and, and that's going to come with time and yeah. uh you know the best
1: thing i can say is actually go out and buy yourself a 32 band equalizer Throw a microphone in it and then just start jamming up each frequency so you can hear what each frequency does. Ah. Learn your frequencies. That's so huge. Like, I'm hitting a drum and I'm hearing what's going on in my ears. Almost every monitor guy is going to know what frequency that is. Yeah. Almost every one of them because that's what they do. But for a drum tech to go, yeah, I think it's a little 400 that we need to pull out. Or, hey, can you boost a little you know, 3.15 on the toms. That's where I like to put a little point, you know, it gives it a little attack. So if you learn that kind of stuff, that goes back to being the monitor guy. If you learn just a little bit outside your zone, you just become that much more useful, you know what I mean? And guys remember that and go, oh, shit, this guy just, you know, that's, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think if if, if somebody starting out came up there uh, and was uh, tapping around on the drums and said, could you boost the 3.5K for me? I would be impressed with that. Right. You know, if right. Someone right. saying something like that. I would go, okay, okay. God knows what he's talking about. Yeah.
1: You know, and and, and if it's valid, if it's not like one hundred and fifty or two hundred, he's trying to pull out. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right? No, right.
0: So as long as it's valid statement. <laughs> so, um, what's your favorite part of drum taking, Would you say what, what's your what's the part of the day, the part of your job that just gives you the most satisfaction? Uh, that's a good question. I've never, i don't think I've ever so thought about that the before. end of the day when everything went smooth. Or is it during the gig, like while they're playing the song, or? Yes, my favorite part, especially with Tommy, because he's so,
1: we're, he, we interact so much on stage. Is when he looks over and he has a shitting grin on his face. <laughs> I know he is rocking. You yeah. know, I know there's nothing wrong with the kit. He's settled in. He feels good. The temperature's right. Yeah. You know, whatever, you know, being the fan or whatever. Yeah. So he's just in his zone. That's what makes me happy. I can see by the look on his face where he is in his mindset. So for me, just that big old smile and just rocking. And then anytime there's massive amounts of pyro going off and, you know, Kickstart My heart's one of my favorite Motley songs, and Dr. Feelgood, you know, yeah. when either of those two go, that's definitely my favorite part of the, of the day, wow. but uh, just any guy watching them smile because of what you've done to get them to that point, yeah. to play their best show.
0: And you'll know if something's not right. the it's not that. Oh yeah, they'll feeling. they'll
1: give you a look, or it looks like they farted. A lot of them yeah, looks yeah. like they farted. Huh? Like what's that? You know what <laughs> yeah, happened? it's like okay. Then you go and you just look around, and then immediately a good yeah. tech will go, oh that mic fell, or
0: that cymbal's moved a little bit, or anything yeah. you know anything. So. Yeah. And you just kind of I can know. always look over at my drum tech and give him the come here with my yep. neck as I'm playing, I'm kind of like, like that. And he knows that that's like, oh, something's, a microphone fell or Yeah, that's like the, that. the, yep. old, the old yep. neck thing is the perfect for come the drummers. <laughs> the, yeah, <laughs> the come that's here. a good one. Because <laughs> he can't just gonna... drum, put a stick down and, and he say, go, hey, come give here. The finger. Yeah. Come here.
1: Well, Tommy can actually play with one hand and bring me over, but he also has a <laughs> microphone on his head. You know, he's got the headset oh, yeah, mic, right. and then he's got a button that he can press that just goes to me and Viggy. So he can just go, hey, guys, and say, I need something. You know, That's which cool. is while he's playing, which is really helpful. Were
0: you with him in any of the upside down, the the drum kit that upside down? No. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Thankfully, no. Thankfully, uh, no.
1: The drum kits we had on Carnival Sins was the main drum kit on stage. And then he flew between two drum kits out over the crowd. Oh, I see. Okay. We had one that was full of um, steel uh, kegs and... Cr- Uh, Sawtooth Crotales, all this weird stuff. Walter Gemeinhart built it. And then on the other side was a bunch of pads with a D-Drum 4 and a sampler and a keyboard on a spring, and we'd explode them off of it. So that was that one. So this time around, I can't say what he's going to do, but, you know... um, yeah, I was not a a part cage, of those other ones. there's a
0: cage ones. of llamas that are uh, uh, off stage waiting yes. to be oh, right or goats or something. Yes, like that. exactly. The <laughs> llamas are for him. The goats are for me. <laughs> I can't give away anything, but the cage of animals. But, you know. um, well, man, that has been so good talking to you. Um, Thanks. I really appreciate you coming by. I've Thanks learned so, so much about awesome. what you do and about drum teching in general, because I've been a drummer all these years. I know what I like in the drum tech, but to hear someone like yourself who's out there really doing it on the big, big stadium tour like that with someone like Tommy Lee is uh pretty incredible to learn the the things that you know awesome and the things that you've learned
1: well thank you for having me this was a lot a lot of fun man this is very cool
0: come back anytime
1: oh absolutely
0: and i'm going (laughs) to come out and see a motley show before too long heck yeah and uh oh yeah i know i'm old but i could still i could still take the loud music
1: we're all old man and we're still rocking that's the best part dude
0: (laughs) well what do you have to say to all your fans all all the the motley crew fans out there oh the motley fans yeah i was like my fans i'm like there are what do they have to look forward to uh
1: for the motley fans and the and the tommy lee drum fans i mean this kit is gonna be something i mean it's never been done before no one's ever seen anything like it it's it's gonna be amazing we're building it this weekend uh and i'm super excited i can't wait that's cool and uh, keith you're actually gonna get pictures of it in your email but no one else will but uh yeah i'm designing
0: for him a little metal plate that i designed for my kit that a foot couple foot switches go on and you're incorporate that yes and and it looks amazing say that i have designed something for tommy lee at some point yeah and we
1: will be showcasing that in a upcoming around the kit video all right
0: cool we'll check that out and what's your instagram again Uh,
1: it's lstevo for drums for drums
0: okay yeah check it out cool uh, we'll see you next time on designated drummer Stevo and keach saying see you bye